1: Hello, stranger. Purse has some really exciting life news to share with the pod. Guys, I'm an adult.
0: I'm a full-blown adult doing adulting things. I am, what you say, grown. (laughs) I am how you say, grown up. I am how you say, awesome? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what's that from again? The Lizzie McGuire movie. Oh yeah, duh honestly love hillary duff and her italian accent
1: listen she gave it her best shot but purse where are you sitting right now
0: i am sitting in my brand new apartment round of applause
1: and the crowd goes wild
0: i moved in yesterday and it was a very smooth process but yeah it feels really good i feel like very much at ease i'm excited it's uh Different, like even having my first night alone in the apartment, I was like, oh, this is a little scary. But I watched, uh, to calm my nerves, I naturally watched the movie Room. That's about um, a woman getting kidnapped and she's trapped in a room with her son. Pers- pers- I, <laughs> I have no words. Me neither. The things
1: that comfort you scare me. You know, it doesn't really comfort me. I just love those movies. No, purse. you love, you love kidnap, murder content. Don't say that. You lo- Persis. <laughs> you do. You love Room. You love, you love Paul Bernardo, Carla, whatever. Before you
0: come out you love- say, I
1: love, I don't love these people. I just am fascinated by like purse, true I didn't crime. Say- I know, but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying you love true crime, murder, kidnapping content. You love it. You're like, tell me more. How long were they stuck in the room?
0: Yeah. And it makes me sad. It makes me really sad. I guess I'm just like, I'm interested in in learning. This should be a true crime
1: podcast. (gasps) Should we change it up? Yeah. (laughs) What do you guys think? I think that would bring a lot of anxiety into my life. Yeah. I don't think it's for you. Like a lot, a lot. I think I would feel scared all the time. I probably would too.
0: I'm a scaredy cat. Like I know I'm out here saying I like all this stuff, but I'm really scared. I don't
1: know. I know you're scared to fall in love.
0: Wow. That is something I'm scared to do as well, but I also love love and I love that feeling.
1: And you don't have to be scared because falling in love is a science. <laughs> the segues <laughs> on this one segues okay there are so many things i love about doing this podcast with you but segues are truly one of my favorite things there i don't know what it is i love that you have to like it's like it's like a brain teaser you have to sit there and be like how and sometimes it happens naturally and sometimes you really force it like i just did
0: sometimes you really you struggle you went from murder to falling in love but i'm still proud of you for doing that
1: well because you love murder oh my god no sarah Okay, well, okay, I take it back. You don't love murder. You enjoy scary stuff.
0: I like scaries. I love a good scary movie marathon, especially oh, with the person yeah. that I love. Oh, little snuggles. Yeah, oh, that's like the best time to snuggle because then you're like, I'm scared. Hold me.
1: I really do love doing that classic stereotype thing when I'm watching a scary, especially with a cutie.
0: Hmm.
1: I, re- I really just channel my... my st- inner stereotype.
0: You know who you should watch a scary movie with though? And this isn't about falling in love, but she's the most hilarious person to watch scary movies with is Cheryl Pulavoodle, my girl, my friend from Scarborough. She is loud. She'll scream. At one point we were watching Hereditary. She jumped off the couch and ran to the other side of the room.
1: Okay, see, I love you, Cheryl, if you're listening. However, I don't think I would enjoy that. I don't like to be too distracted during my movie experiences. Like if someone is going off the walls, go into the other room because I want to I want to experience the the scaries. Fair. Okay, that's fair. But I love you, Cheryl. No movie date for you two. No movie date, but we can go on another date. Actually, uh,
0: that reminds me, we do have an important date coming up that we want to – Make sure the listeners are aware of.
1: Segways. I think I've said this before, but we should have like a special noise that you edit in whenever we do a good segue. Yeah, purse. June 23rd. We've been talking about this a lot, but we just wanted to remind you guys because it's coming up so soon. It's in like a week and a half. June 23rd, we're doing a live event to celebrate the kickoff of Pride Weekend in Toronto at Adelaide Hall. It's going to be a live podcast recording with performances by James Bailey and Brianna Musco. And then we're going to have a panel of just freaking awesome queer friends. Some of them have been on the pod. Some of them haven't Actually, all, Most of them. I think the only one who hasn't been on the pod is James.
0: James is the only one that hasn't been on the pod.
1: Yeah. So we got to get him on. Um, he is so great and has the most beautiful voice. He's a, a singer, a songwriter. It's going to be almost kind of like a... Like a panel discussion, but fun. It's going to be exactly like this podcast, talking about all the queer things, but just in person, in front of a live audience, and we're going to have so much fun.
0: And maybe it'll be a little spicy. Like we want to have some fun with our guests. We want the audience to have fun with us and really get to know our personalities. Um, lots of audience interaction. So come out if you're in Toronto. Fly out because you've got to make it to this event. Like fly
1: in. Well, I'm flying. I'm flying in for it, so if anyone wants to come on the same flight as me, yeah, um, we can have a little party on the way there. Exactly. Yeah, Sarah
0: will get it. Sarah has it covered. She'll pay for your flights. Um, so, yeah. Oh, <coughs> babe, did you want to discuss that later,
1: babe? Um, yeah. It, so, just guys, can we just like circle back to that later? Um, I just have to confirm a few things. Okay. No worries. With my accountant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Open with, PSA. With my, yeah, my accounts. I'm not really sure exactly what's happening with them.
0: Oh, I miss, oh, I just had a different impression. It's, it's okay. We'll move on. Oh, but, okay. But, um, special announcement, guys. <laughs> I'm giggly. Umberly Gonzalez it has been added to the bill.
1: Yes, we announced it on our socials, but in case you missed it, she is the best. Amazing. We had her on the pod. She was like one of our first guests. And she is a queer actor. She's been in Ginny and Georgia on Netflix and a bunch of other stuff. And we are so excited. She's going to be sitting on the panel talking with us. So now we have Amberly Gonzalez, Ali Patel, Shannon Burns, Kira Graves, James Bailey, and Brianna Musco performing. Oh, it's going to be spicy. It's going to be hot. Sorry. I am a star. I'm going to have I to bring am. a fan. Me too.
0: I'm going to need to bring tequila.
1: Oh, well, we're definitely going to have a shot or two before the event. One. (laughs) Because your girls are going to be nervous,
0: I think. And how do we deal with nervousness, Sarah?
1: Tequila. 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 No, I don't like to. I'll have a shot of uh, J-Mo. Ew. And you can have your shot of tequila. Ew. (laughs) Now that we've talked about the event, let's talk about this topic. Today, because it's a really good one. um And we kind of hinted at it <laughs> earlier. Also, if you're listening, you've seen the title of the podcast on your screen. So you know, we're talking about the science of falling in love. In love. I in love. We love love at Girl on Girl, obviously. It's like most of what we talk about here. And I like this topic because I feel that one of the main things I've learned throughout this whole podcast and talking to so many queer people about their experience is that being queer um, often means that you have like a deeper understanding of what love feels like than maybe the a straight person would because queer people have to like go against societal norms and stigmas in order to truly feel love and so because of that you can argue that they have like a deeper understanding of what true love is or like a deeper connection to it and that's one thing that like I love every time we talk to someone about their experience of coming out, especially it's like I wasn't feeling love with the people I was supposed to. And then I allowed myself to feel love with the people I quote unquote wasn't supposed to. And to do that is really brave. And I think it it means you have to actually feel it, which I think there's a ton of people out there who just like never actually feel love. Yeah. Like falling in love.
0: Because when you do feel it, I had a funny conversation with some friends at this queer picnic, so I kind of want to shout it out really quickly. Please do. So guys, um, in Toronto, there was this incredible uh, pride picnic, pre-pride picnic, I should say, right before uh, pride festivities. That's hard to say. Pre-pride
1: picnic. Persis went to the pre-pride picnic. Persis went to the pre-pride picnic. Persis went to the pre-pride picnic. Wow, you're really good. Has a little ring. That's kind of fun. But
0: I was talking to some of the gays. Um, AKA some of my friends. And we were mentioning that when you're falling in love or you feel like a infatuation, there's a zing. There is something, there's a zing that happens. You kiss someone, zing. You look them in the eye a certain way, zing. Oh. You can feel the zing anywhere, down below, above, doesn't oh. matter. <laughs> um, sorry, Marsh who is calling me. Marsh Neal. Marsh, come on, who um. Anyway, that's my sister, guys. But I loved that term, zing. I thought it was so funny. And we kept making comments like, did you feel the zing? And I'd be like, no, zing. They're like, then she ain't it.
1: <laughs> I like that because zing to me feels like it reminds me of like electricity or something. You know, like zing. Zing zap. It's like an electric current. It's like. Whew.
0: Like Sarah, I have a genuine question for you. Yeah.
1: Have you ever had a kiss with someone
0: where – you feel the zing. Like it might not have to be on the first time or whatever because sometimes like kissing for the first time, you figure each other out. But when you kiss and you look at that person and you're like,
1: oh, 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 it's so cute. It's so fun. Yeah, of course I felt that. Oh, zing, zang, zoom. I have told – it's been – yeah, I've been zinging before. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I
0: I wasn't zinging before I kissed women, so – I feel like for a lot of queers, I was like, "Oh, is this? Do people like kissing?" I used to think that all the time, and then yeah. I kissed and I was like, "Oh,
1: I love to kiss." Wow, that's so interesting, because because yeah, I remember at a young age, or younger age, like kissing a boy and feeling the zing and being like, "Whoa, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa," and then for you to not feel that same thing and be like, "Why do people even like doing this?"
0: When I was younger in high school, I'd feel the zing if I had a crush on a boy and we'd hug or something. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, that's nice. So I thought that's how it felt. It was only when I like kissed them. I was like, wait a minute. I don't want to kiss
1: any of you. Really. Girl, if there ain't no zing, then there ain't no thing. Uh-uh. Ain't no zing. Wait, this is
0: me not listening to you again. Um. <laughs> ain't no thing
1: what'd you say what did i say what do we think guys do we think it's that persis like really doesn't listen to me or do we think it's that she's like so distracted by my beauty or do we think that she is just like thinking about the next thing she wants to say so she's she's just very invested in the podcast and what she's going to bring or i'm invested in myself it's you know it's it could be any of those four things really let us know. Shoot us a, D- shoot us a DM because um, I can't figure it out. I think it's just that she doesn't listen to me.
0: Sarah's going to talk to her therapist about this. Yeah, I already have. My, my bestie doesn't <laughs> listen to me.
1: <laughs> no, but I, because there are many times where you'll be saying something and I'll be distracted thinking about the next thing I'm going to say on here. Not as much in real life, but on sometimes in real life. <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> Ain't no well, thing but a zing. That's what you said no oh i said if it
1: if there ain't no zing then it ain't no thing if it ain't no zing then it ain't no thing i almost thought you (laughs) i thought you almost didn't listen again almost you caught me listen i'm not mad at you it's fine i just want to learn how to listen more that's what i'm working on yeah you should Yeah, you should too. Um, So anyway, we are going to talk about this lovey-dovey-lovey-dovey feeling because it turns out there's actually a very real science behind it, which is not that surprising. Um, But we're going to talk about what that science is and how it works.
0: I'm excited. I find it so fascinating. Anything that has to do with love and hormones and why we react to things the way we do is so interesting to me.
1: It really is. And it turns out that it's really not as simple as like, oh, when you feel love, this hormone gets switched on. Like it's, there are so many different hormones and neuropathways that are working together to create all sorts of different emotions, not just love, but like lust, affection, attachment, like all these different aspects of love that happen when you're when you're vibing with someone. But we found an article about the science of falling in love. And in this article, they talked to a neurosurgeon. His name is Dr. Philip steig do you think i'm pronouncing that right or would you what would you say i would say steig it could potentially be steig but dr philip we love you because he gave us some really great insight so i'm just gonna read this quote from him it's gonna sound very like everyone you know bring out your test tubes put your like cute little white jacket on and your, and your protective glasses because we're gonna get a little sciencey we're
0: gonna make a potion of love
1: we're going to um, put love on the um, on the periodic table. Oh, like LUV. Yeah,
0: yeah. Is the periodic table only two letters
1: mm-hmm. for each element? Mhm. I
0: feel like sodium is no H two O. Oh my god.
1: The fact that we don't know this is, is actually really embarrassing. I, I... No, are you going to... I... <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, we don't know anything about science. Let's, you know, this is why we're learning about it on this pod. We're not science people. We're, we're street smart. You know what I'm saying? I'm a
0: street smart kind of lady. If I see someone who's approaching me, I go high-kicking punch radius. them?
1: Wait, Huh? <laughs> You say you high kick them if they approach you? Of course.
0: <laughs> if I feel danger. She's smart. Why is Marsh calling me three thousand times? Hold on, let me just make sure she's. Just done. in
1: case, check everything's okay. Yeah.
0: Oh, she wants to. You're gonna. This is the most sister
1: thing. Okay, what does she want? She wants te- to complain.
0: No, I texted oh. Marsh Neil saying, "Oh my God, we need to discuss Brittany's wedding." She goes, "That yeah, call me." <laughs> She's called me twice.
1: Yeah, not surprising.
0: According to the pod, I'll call you tonight. We have things to discuss. Love her. Okay,
1: anyway. Okay, so you think Street Smart is like a, is based around like danger on the streets. No. Because... no. Are you sure? I think you might I think you might have thought that.
0: No. Give me a second. Give me a chance. Okay. No. I think Street Mart's <laughs> I think street smarts is being aware. Like you're, you're, you're smart. You're smart on the streets. Like you're not so book smart, but you know your way around. You know,
1: Mm -hmm. you know how to deal
0: with people, different humans. You're not naive. You're street smart. Ow! I like that. Did you just punch the table? I did.
1: Wow. Okay. So here's what (laughs) Dr. Philip Steig says about the science of falling in love. He says. While there's no single pathway to falling in love, one possible reaction happens this way. And it's like a whole series of events. He says, after an initial spark with a person, the body may produce high levels of testosterone and estrogen, which drive intense feelings of lust. Love that. I love it. I love that. Um, The brain then produces elevated levels of dopamine, which... We all kind of figured would be part of this equation, um, which plays a role in how people experience pleasure and high levels of something called no repine <laughs> No repine frying. What is that? I don't know what it is. I don't know how to pronounce it, but whatever it is, it results in a faster heart rate, restlessness, and loss of appetite, which are all signs of attraction. Can I tell you something? Please.
0: When I, I was experiencing a massive crush on someone. Me? <clears throat> no. But anyway, um, I, <laughs> your face
1: <laughs> dropped to the floor. Oh. Guys, you should just no, I'm fine. No, I'm smiling. I'm fine. <clears throat> okay.
0: Um, so when I was experiencing a really big crush on someone, I'm really wish Dr. Philip like told me all this. Or I did some research because I lost all my appetite and I didn't know what was wrong with me. I didn't want to eat, but I was so excited, but I wasn't eating. And I was like, am I anxious? Am I okay? But to know that's like a sign of attraction is very telling.
1: Yeah. That's so interesting. I've never experienced loss of appetite because of like being so in love, having a huge crush on someone. I've definitely experienced it from like fighting with a loved one or like a breakup or whatever, but that's kind of kind of cute. But also we want to make sure we're eating healthy.
0: <laughs> yeah. It wasn't good. Like I should have been eating healthy, but yeah, I think it was, I was just really attracted. So I don't know. Maybe my mind was not on my food. I have no idea.
1: Wow. Wow. See, and person's falls hard. So yeah. be careful. I'm scared for like when you meet your wife and you fall in love and like, I'm going to have to deliver food to your door every day to make sure you eat.
0: Yeah, be like, baby, make sure you eat. So I'll get free food out of it, so thank you.
1: Yeah, do you think your new wifey will be like, why is this girl sending you so much food? Do you think she'll be jealous?
0: Yeah, I'll be like, she's a past lover.
1: We don't need to talk about it. (laughs) Lover. Lover. (laughs) Something, Something about the word lover always freaks me out. Okay, so that happens, Dr. Philip Steig says. And then, as people fall deeper into love, the brain floods again, but this time with oxytocin, which is which is released when people are physically affectionate, and vasopressin, which generates the desire to protect one's partner, creating feelings of attachment. So the deeper you fall in love, the more like physical physically affectionate you are and the more you want to protect your partner and keep them safe and You care about their well-being, and
0: it's so cute.
1: You're attached to the hip.
0: That's really cute. The feeling of protection. Hmm, I get that. That's interesting.
1: So all of these things are getting released into the brain, like zing, zing, zoom. Maybe that's the zing. It's the zing, and it creates all these different feelings. And it, I feel like, it happens like throughout the entire relationship, like meeting them the crush the courtship the dating then like okay now we're together and the whole the whole experience of like falling deeper and deeper and deeper and then like you're and then that person's your partner and you're like yeah th- I think that protecting thing is really huge it's like I I want like nothing I want them to only feel good happiness and so I'm gonna like
0: yeah
1: you know like want them to
0: feel good them.
1: yeah pretty cute Protect their How little I feel heart. About you. I want to protect you.
0: That's really nice. You feel that way about me. Um, <laughs> just kidding. I feel that way about you too.
1: Thanks. I want to protect
0: you from all the from dangers scary in the street.
1: Paul Bernard. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, you're gonna high kick my attacker. I would love to see you fight off my attacker. Hey. That would be pretty baller. Those that would so be little.
0: What would my move be?
1: I think you'd high kick. Like hey, yeah. And then I think you would like, it's like scratch. You'd be like a scratcher.
0: But I don't have a lot. My nails are so short.
1: I know, but you'd still scratch, you know, it can still be painful.
0: I'd booty pop them.
1: Oh, booty, booty, booty.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I'd manipulate them.
1: Yeah, you're so manipulative. (laughs) Not at all. You really aren't. You're the least manipulative person I know. That's a great asset that you have. I've never really thought about that before. Thank you. Well, like you're not that manipulative later. at all. No, I'm not. That's nice. I feel like I definitely have fallen into traps of being like a little manipulative without even realizing it. And then sometimes totally realizing it.
0: I don't think I am. If anyone disagrees, let me know. Anyone who knows me.
1: <laughs> yeah, imagine someone's listening and they're like, Yeah, she is. Um, And on top of all the things that Dr. Philip Steig just told us about, there are also um, a whole bunch of ways that your senses cause these hormones to get released into your brain. So when you see someone, when you smell them, when you taste them, like all of these different senses can impact what's getting released at what time and how strong the impact of that release is and all of those things. So it's all science, baby. It's all science. Smell is so big for me. When I like
0: someone, I think they smell like the best person ever. They don't even have to be wearing like any – they don't need to be wearing anything. I am
1: attracted to their smell. I think scent's great. I don't think it's my first thing. I think like sound is really big for me, like the sound of someone's voice. Oof, gets me. And, and uh, sight. I have, a, I have a question for
0: you. Yeah. I was talking to a friend about attraction and people. Why have I been talking to everyone about attraction? Someone's um, voice. Because all you care about. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, my Libra's in Venus, guys, and my Mars is in Scorpio. Um, a death. She was saying she can think someone's very physically attractive, but if their voice ain't it, she can't. It, it goes. She's like mm. She's like, I can't do it. And later I was like, Voice matters a lot to me because I can get really irritated if someone's voice is annoying.
1: I have a bit of an annoying voice though. And I feel like I don't irritate you that much.
0: But I'm thinking more of maybe- Maybe you're thinking more
1: love interest. Love interest. Yeah. I love how you didn't immediately go, your voice isn't annoying. (laughs) It's not annoying. Yes, it is.
0: No, no. Admit- no, no.
1: I, I've come to terms with it. It's fine. But I know what you mean. Like with, with a love interest, it's different. It's like...
0: You have a beautiful voice. It's very good for hosting. It's good for podcasts. You do have like a radio voice. So it's very like, it's very direct and powerful. That's what I think of with your voice.
1: Your go-to voice for, for romance is like a Sophia Bush... Raspy, like if you met if you meet someone with that voice, I honestly feel like they instantly become more attracted, attracting, attractive. (laughs) Am I okay? They become more attracting to you. They really do. Yeah, and it's the same thing for me. But can you guess my voice that I'm attracted to? I feel like you could, like
0: a celebrity. It's
1: It's pretty easy. No, no, it's just like the type of voice I'm attracted to.
0: Oh, have you mentioned this to me or, or you mean it's just easy? Because I'll guess. I th- yeah,
1: I think it's just easy to guess. I think you like deep voices. Yeah, I like deep voices. Like if you have, if you have a very deep voice, I'm just, you're just like immediately more attractive to me. I don't know what it is. Purse. Um, how can knowing about love as a science help us better understand not only love, but quickness? That's a really good question. What do you think the answer is, my love?
0: I think it's that, like, to help us understand love and queerness is that when we acknowledge that love is a neurological sensation, we can better understand the concept of loving anyone, which is what falls under queerness. So no matter their gender, their identity, their age, their race, like anything, it's just the human.
1: Yeah, when when we frame love, because I think – we forget that we're we're just humans in bodies and everything that we feel really is just like science and it's our brain and our bodies doing stuff that we can't see. And so when we frame love as less of like a, less of like a flighty concept that like exists out there in the world, it's like it, when it's more of an internal like bodily function, It's it's almost silly to think that we couldn't love someone of the same gender or whatever it is. Like you, like it's just a chemical reaction. I agree. And
0: you know what? I think that's actually probably why this is a very like common narrative or common story is that there are many people who have been in straight relationships for like decades. And then all of a sudden they fall in love with someone of the same gender out of nowhere. That doesn't mean that the person is now gay, you know, like, That's why I think some people get confused about. They'll be like, oh, well, now they're gay, obviously, but their identity, and we'll say this time and time again, is how they choose to identify. Um, But what this means is that their brain and body is choosing to love this person, even if it caught them by surprise. They're like, I am feeling the zing with someone of the same sex, like Glennon Doyle. Hello. Love to bring that story up all the time.
1: Yeah, and the way Glennon describes meeting Abby Wombach for the first time and like it it was a chemical, physical reaction in her body where she literally had to stand up. Remember? She stood up and like put her arms out but then was like, wait, what am I like? She couldn't even control her body because there was such a physical, chemical reaction that happened. And I think like of course we don't want to reduce love to only science or only a hormone in your brain. Like it, it, it's obviously bigger than that. And like, because we're humans and we have such big brains, we have the capacity to think of love as something bigger than that. But at the end of the day, it is helpful when we're talking about queerness to like consider how it, how physical the the reaction is.
0: Hmm. I love talking about that because I feel like I've had physical reactions in different ways. Like my heart does start to race or I start to get like nervous, like,
1: so nervous.
0: Like, so nervous, like, weird over stumbling over my words. Oh, yeah. When the I sweaty palms. Oh, my God. I'm like, yeah. My I body's get having my, my body's like <laughs> releasing. And I'm like, bad timing. Don't why you got to do this to me like that?
1: Yeah. And it's, I was feeling nervous. I can't remember when this was. I was feeling nervous to like see someone romantic, a romantic, uh, um, in love interest. <laughs> I literally talk about myself like I am in my own movie. I was getting, I was nervous before a date is what I'm trying to say. And I remember actually sitting in that nervousness and being like, just really paying attention to my body and, and just thinking how cool it is. Like wishing I wasn't nervous. Cause it's like such a weird feeling, but how cool it is that my body knows I'm going on this date. And is reacting physically to the fact that I'm going on this date. Like, if you think about it, how crazy is that? That your body does that? And obviously it's because your brain is sending signals. Your brain knows you're about to go on the date. So it's sending signals to your body, your sweat glands. Mm -hmm. But it's really cool to sit in it. Next time you feel nervous before a date, just sit in it for a second. I will. And be like, oh my, I'm physically reacting to this person. And that's cool and exciting.
0: Yeah. Oh, it is. And yeah, it's like, I kind of tend to love it. Yes, I get like nervous or embarrassed or I'll be like, oh my God, why is my body doing this? But I'm
1: like, oh, I'm just reacting and I'm just being a human. Yeah. And if you think about it, like most queer experiences, I'm sure, especially when like you're just discovering that about your sexuality, it's it's most, I would assume and tell me if this was your experience, it is a lot of like physical cues that would happen. So like, say, say, you see someone and they give you the zing and you're having like a physical bodily reaction and that might be what cues you into do i maybe like girls like that could be the cue as opposed to like just a general knowing in your brain like your body could react first
0: phyllis gave me a bodily reaction
1: See, I don't like that because you were so little when you liked Phyllis that it makes me feel weird to talk about that. But hey, that is also the reality. So. But
0: think about it. I mean, I know it's weird, but I was six and, you know, six year olds can feel like that excitement or that little rush, but I didn't know what that was. Ah, oh,
1: Phyllis. She can I never really, really want to get Phyllis on the podcast. <laughs> She'll be like, who are you? Um, Purse, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about how you know you're in love. And yes, we have all these physical things we just talked about, sweating, butterflies, all that stuff. But there are some more like less obvious ways that you can kind of clue into the fact like, I might I might love this person. Uh-oh. rot row.
0: There's, the list goes on and on, but these were actually just a few that I found off of Oprah Daily that I thought was just cute. <laughs> and some of them you... You might not acknowledge, like, you might be like, oh, is that really what it is? And some of them are a little obvious that you're like, well, duh. But (laughs) there's always like a reason
1: behind it. And yeah, I wanted to break this down with you. That is like the essence of Oprah. She's like 80% obvious. And then 20%, she hits you. She hits you, and you're like, oh, Oprah, you hit me. Like when she said, were you silent or were you silenced?
0: That shook my
1: entire 2021. My core was never the same. I got a six pack that day <laughs> because I was so shook.
0: Literally, I hope that's like going down in television history.
1: It is for me. Like if I had to make a TV hall of fame, that would be on it. Just that line? Yeah, just that line. I love that. And, then, love and then maybe Megan's response being like silenced or whatever she said. <laughs> yeah, you need, you need that at the end. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, it almost doesn't even matter what the answer is, but we all know what the answer is. She was silenced. She was silenced, Megan. Listen,
0: was silenced. we're not going to dive into it, but Megan, we love you. <laughs> Come on the pod. Okay, Sarah. So this may be kind of obvious, but one uh, factor that could lead to you thinking like, maybe I'm in love with this person is that you really want them to be a part of your world. Like genuinely, genuinely. Can you wine. Um, So Darwin Kang is the co-founder and co-CEO of Coffee Meets Bagel, which is like a really cute dating app that I've actually never used. This is what Darwin said to Oprah Daly. Um, she was saying that falling in love is different for everyone. And she really believes in Dr. Robert J. Sternberg's triangular theory of love, which identifies the main aspects of what makeup love. And I think there's more to it, obviously, but these were the three main ones, intimacy, passion, and commitment. And she would just mentioned like, along with that, like one of the most telling signs is that you really find yourself wanting to divulge as much as you can with your love interest. So it could be like, we've talked about this before, Sarah, a small win at work. Uh, You tried this really good pizza. Like, also maybe even bringing up your relationship history because that's like another Mm. way to kind of like develop this like different level of intimacy. And I know people say like, oh, would you bring up your exes to a potential new partner? But I think that's very healthy and it's good to discuss. Oh yeah. I um, love doing that. Yeah. Right. And you're just getting to know them more. You're getting to know their history and it's a part of your world. That's like the best way to sum it up. Also like, Involving your friends with them, like all that stuff is really fun.
1: Aw part of your world. I knew that was coming. What else is um what else is a reason, Sarah? You can also know you're in love if this person is always in your thoughts uh da, but also I think sometimes we're just like going about our day and our brain is doing its thing and then we don't even realize how much someone is in our thoughts. And if we clue into it, we're like, oh, is it in my brain trying to tell me something? Which it probably is. When your special human takes up major real estate in your thoughts, you might find yourself like rereading text messages a lot or thinking about your next date when it's like days, days from now, but you can't wait. Or just envisioning your future together. I mean, it probably means that if you're not in love, you're on the road to love. You're feeling some love, love feelings. You're feeling the intimacy, the passion, the commitment. It's so cute. I'm like, it's like... You're, you're feeling some type of way right now. Yeah. You're definitely more of like a love a lover than I am. But I am I am a romantic at heart.
0: Yeah, you are. When it's the right person, you are like... Mm.
1: You're, you get lovey. You really, really do. Of course. Oh my God. Yeah. Hard eyes.
0: I thought this was really cute. You also really want to know if they love you too, or if they're thinking about you, missing you, what they're saying to their friends, their family, anything like that. <gasps> oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you find yourself considering whether this person feels similarly and you look for the signs that they're missing you too, that's another signifier. So signifier. <laughs>
1: signifier.
0: <laughs> so- Dr. Jacqueline Olds, these names, an associate professor of clinical psychiatry at Harvard Medical School, said this. Fancy. So if you're falling in love, you tend to experience a warm feeling when you think about your significant other. That can mean you can't stop smiling, or you might notice that you feel generally more positive and hopeful, which I think is so true. You know that thing when people are saying like, oh, they're in love, and you're all of a sudden like, you see the world in rose-colored glasses or just brighter like the things that make you sad might not actually be that bad anymore
1: totally no i I actually think hopeful is a really interesting i wouldn't have used that word right off the bat but it's so true when you're in love like you just feel more optimistic like more is possible wow that's crazy that love can make us feel that way we all just need love Mm -hmm. we do i'm gonna start crying um, but yeah, I have totally experienced this before where I'm like, I'm like, I'm not just curious how they're talking about me to their friends and family. I am like dying to know. Like I would pay money to like step into a conversation and be a fly on the wall.
0: Because it matters to you. You're like, you matter to
1: me and your opinion matters. And yeah. And I know how I'm talking about them. So I'm like, well, I hope they're talking about me in the same way. Unless I'm talking badly about them, and then I really hope they're not. <laughs> um, another way that you uh, might know that you're in love is that you find the other person's quirks really attractive. So I think some like there's like the obvious things that are attractive to people, but then there's those kind of maybe odd little mannerisms or things that make someone unique and make them totally their own. And if you start to really like fall in love with those things and find them attractive, it's a sign that uh, you're feeling some feels. Like if they have an odd sense of style or a particular way of doing things, all of those things that make them who they are and so different from anyone else in the world. If you start to find those things endearing instead of like weird or unattractive or whatever. I love this one because it reminds you that you're all the weird things about yourself. They're going to be attractive to someone else. They might not be attractive to everyone. Definitely not.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like some people might be like, "Whoa, that was that's kind of a turn off for me." But yeah, um, it doesn't mean that's a bad thing. It's just like there's another person out there who's gonna like really love them for that. And I actually thought of an example. Of an example, and I don't want to out this person, but okay, this person has a lot of quirks. Love this human though with my whole heart. But she does this thing with her throat where she like croaks it a little, and she like she just like I don't know how she does it, but she like. <laughs> sit there and be like croaking her throat for a long time like Sarah you know who this person is and a lot of people find that weird it's a weird thing it's not like a it's not a quirk she can't help like she just does it willingly but her partner like he thinks it's funny
1: wait who is this (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean she croaks dude she croaks can you can you I can't impersonate it. it
0: But so many people
1: are like, that's weird because it is weird. It is weird, but see, like her partner loves it and they are married and they are like just, you know, together forever. That makes me feel very comforted because I think I have a lot of, I'm not like, I wouldn't say I'm like a quirky per- Am I a quirky person? No. But I have like things, you know, everyone has things that they're, they're like, is that so unattractive? But then someone's going to be into it.
0: Oh, tell me. What's yours?
1: Oh, good question. I just feel like they're – okay, let me think. Hold on. Um, sometimes I wonder if my general demeanor – okay, I... <laughs> I have to find the right way to word this because I think, so... I think some men, straight men, like a more submissive um, or quiet or shy or mysterious kind of girl. And I'm not that. I'm very talkative and bubbly and sometimes too talkative, like we just discussed, and a bit more like... Dominant. (laughs) Yeah, dominant. Thank you. Um, And so sometimes I wonder if that's unattractive to men. However, I don't care that that's unattractive to men at all. But it's just like a thing that I'm conscious of. And maybe that's because men that I've dated have said that they were attracted to my confidence. And, but it's a reminder that like some people are attracted to that and some people aren't.
0: Also, when it comes to confidence, y'all better be attracted to that confidence. Like, I don't want no, like, I need to dom over you energy. <laughs> Sometimes that can be fun, but not when it's like your personality.
1: Thanks, girl. What do you have any quirks that you're that you feel like people aren't attracted to? Oh, and oh, sorry. Just like, I feel like what I just said isn't necessarily a quirk, but I like bite my nails. So someone oh, could be God. really unattractive to the fact that I'm always gnawing on my nails. Just wanted to throw that out there that so people didn't think that I didn't think I had any quirks like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, uh, uh, I'm really trying You're to like, think. like, I am perfect. No,
0: you I can't. Anything. I think I can be a very, uh, hmm. I wonder if people might maybe not find this attractive about me is that I'm not the most like mysterious gal, whereas some people might be attracted to someone who's like mysterious and hard to read. I- Hard to get. Yeah. Like
1: it's just- You never play hard to get.
0: No, not really. Especially if I'm really vibing with someone. It's not like right off the get-go. I'm like, truly, I will like think about it for a sec and maybe it might seem like that because I did have someone tell me that they didn't even know I was into them for so long. And I was like, are you kidding me?
1: I was uh hello. That's shocking.
0: But they didn't know. But I do find like once I'm in, I'm in and I'm very like very kind and open and like very nurturing and very like, which I know people are probably like, those are good things. But I think someone, some people who like the chase or they like a little mystery, you're not really going to get that from me because I'm very much an open book.
1: Yeah. I think it's similar to like girls don't like nice guys. Like it's it's, like some people think that like niceness or warmth is like unattractive. They'd rather have someone who's like hard to get and treats them like shit. (laughs) Yeah. Or maybe not even the
0: treating them like shit, but maybe a little more like cool girl energy, like hard to get, which is like, I'm not always like that. Like if I'm in, I'm in and like, you'll know I like you and I'll tell
1: people I like you. Yeah. You definitely do that. Mm -hmm. Perse, how else can you know that you're in love with someone? You crave them. Like crave euphoria that I watch euphoria on?
0: Oh, I love that you said that. Yeah. But no, like you crave them. Like, (laughs) well, yeah, you crave euphoria and you watch it on Crave or how you crave food or even like when you crave anything, when you crave banjara, when you crave body ali pizza. I crave banjara
1: every day of the week. I ordered it last night. Oh my god. When I come to Toronto for the event, we're having Banjara. Yes, please. Right before okay. that, Is that is that a good idea to have a bunch of Indian before the event? Not before the event, no, no, no. We have to be we have to feel good and, and light before the event. Yes.
0: You know what? Like you crave banjara, palak paneer and garlic naan and some little Rogan Josh if that's what you want. Oh, you, you also order. You crave a person too. Um, so match.com's chief scientific advisor, Dr. Helen Fisher, um, studied these feelings and found that an area of our brain associated with food and craving called the ventral tegmental area, otherwise known as the VTA causes increased levels of dopamine. And that can be released when you're falling in love. Cool. (laughs) When you want, when you, when you have a focus on like a
1: want or a crave, I like that. It's, it's almost like a little creepy, but in a cute way. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's creepy a little, but I kind of get it. I get it too. Um, you also might know you're in love with someone if they become a priority for you. Um so it doesn't feel like a sacrifice when you have to make changes to um, your own calendar in order to become available for them or whatever it is. Like they be they become like a little more important than some of the other things in your life maybe. When that starts happening, it's definitely a trip. You're like, whoa, <laughs> this person matters to me. Absolutely. Because I mean, we all have
0: like, let's reiterate a thousand percent. We all have our own lives. Like you don't want to have this like dependency on your partner. No. Um, and you should make sure you like do the brunch with your friends and you go to concerts with your friends and you go to these things. But I like how they said it won't really feel like a sacrifice if your partner really needs you somewhere. And you're like, of course, I'll be there. But you're not like, oh, I got to go to aunt. Linda's for dinner. Oh, I have Aunt Linda. Oh, See, she's great. That's what happened when Sarah invited me over to Aunt Linda's when I was you, going to the Kalani concert.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you missed Kalani, so you could hang out with Aunt Linda. Yeah,
0: exactly. I didn't care.
1: I, I think like it's, it's that's such a nice feeling when you know that you're like technically giving up someone, giving up something, even if it's like Kalani concert, to to do something for this person, but it feels good because you know they feel good. They feel like you're there for them. Like, I love that feeling. Um, I love this one. Another reason that you might realize you're in love is that this other person makes you feel better about yourself. You feel a sense of self growing when you're with them. When you're falling in love, you might feel like you are more productive, like you wanna do more, you wanna see more, you wanna maybe that kind of like rose colored glasses optimism thing we were talking about earlier, like things feel more exciting and vivid. Or you might feel like you know more, like you've gained the sense of knowing from being in love.
0: That's really sweet. Yeah. And I think it's like if someone can push you to do things that are like good for you and it's exciting and you're feeling confident because you kind of feel that like love. It's exciting. Like, even if it's trying something like, I don't know, what if your partner hikes all the time and then you're all of a sudden, you're like, Hey, I want to like take up hiking with them. Or even Sarah, you've mentioned like even getting better at camping because of like a past relationship and it made you realize like, Oh, this is like something I actually enjoy.
1: Like you feel like you have this Mm -hmm. like doing you're like, I can do things. And yeah, And then, and that made me feel really good about myself to go out of my comfort zone and then feel really good within that comfort zone or sorry, within that, um, brand new experience that I'd never tried before. I was like, I feel really good about myself. And this person, this person helped bring that out in me. Yeah,
0: it's so true. So it's like, as long as they're making you feel good. Well, that's also just important. Make sure whoever you are like makes you feel good.
1: that's
0: numero uno numero uno and this one i just kind of love it because it's very simple but you're kind of freaking out especially in the beginning you're going to be replaying like interactions that you had with them in your mind maybe analyzing it a little bit you'll look over text messages i've done that a lot mulling over what to wear oh my god i remember facetiming sarah before a date literally being like what do I wear? I have no clothes. And this person, me yeah. we wear the same thing all the time. Um, but we've all been there. And that's part of the fun. And that's a part of dating. It's cute. It's cute. Purse,
1: you're looking for love.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh.
1: <laughs> you had a visceral reaction to that. You are like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was, uh... yeah, I am. Yeah, you're looking for love. You're looking for all of these feelings we're talking about. You're looking for all of these hormonal releases into the brain. Do you feel like learning all this today that you can understand a bit more times you've been in love and what that feeling might be like in the future?
0: Mhm.
1: Although I feel like you already had a pretty good gauge on that.
0: Mm. Well, you know what? I used to always put so much emphasis on falling in love and like pressure on the word love and be like, Persis, you weren't in love. Mm, mm -hmm. But because I always thought, cause listen, like I think there's so, love is such a big word that it doesn't have to be so black and white. And it doesn't mean you needed to be in a committed relationship with someone to feel this, to feel love personally for you. Usually when you're in like a partnership it's like you build that love together because you both got each other. Um, But I used to always say then, oh, I couldn't have been in love because like they probably didn't feel it for me or maybe it was one-sided or this. But I think like, no, when I look at all this stuff, I'm like, I've definitely felt that kind of love for sure. And it doesn't always have to be like such a black and white definition.
1: Yeah. And I think sometimes when we think about love, we're so focused on like two people, like love equals two people. But what we learn from from like discovering the science behind love is that it really is like an individual introspective thing that happens to your body and your body only. Like it's not one size fits all. It's completely, completely unique to the individual and their brain and their body and what's happening all up in there. So like, of course, you, what we're talking about is feeling love for another person, but ultimately like love is all your own. It's, it's your emotions, your neuroscience. It's no one else's. And so of course you can feel love even if the other person maybe didn't feel it back for you unrequited love i mean that's what every pop song is about an unrequited love and
0: wait i gotta say it hold on i okay. gotta i gotta read this line hold on okay what song is that oh i'll tell you baby oh okay baby hold on i just don't want to like get it wrong you know that would be embarrassing
1: Yeah, that would be super embarrassing.
0: Oh, never mind. Maybe it's (laughs) not that. What is it? An unrequited love is just a lover's hell.
1: What's it? (laughs) What is that from? (laughs) Genius.
0: I can't. I bring them up way too much. Round Kalani, dummy. K, K baby, K baby. I thought I was going somewhere where that. I thought it said more, but it's okay. Unrequited it's okay. love is lover's hell though.
1: It, it is. Sucks. And we've all been there. We have all been there. There. Paris, I'm so happy we had this conversation about love because I love you. Me too. I love you too. And I love all of y'all who are listening. We love you. We crave you. You're we our priority. We crave you. You're our priority. <laughs> We're freaking
0: out. Your quirks are so attractive.
1: Oh, your croaks, yeah. Yeah, you quirks. guys are op- Quirk. oh, quirks. Oh, sorry, I thought you were talking about uh, the person you were talking about earlier with the croaks in the Croak girl. Croak girl. Let's yeah. call her croak girl from here on out. Done. Okay, well, guys, if you wanna get tickets to our event, check out the link in our bio, in our Instagram bio, at girlxgirlpodcast. It's really easy, you just click, click, um and a portion of proceeds from all the ticket sales are supporting lgbt youth line which is this awesome toronto-based nonprofit that offers peer-to-peer support for queer canadian youth
0: um yes guys please come out we'd love to see you and we would oh do you see what i did there we would love oh <laughs> to see you Yep. <laughs> wow
1: what a groundbreaking discovery discovery <clears throat> yeah yeah, I'm on the ground and I'm breaking I know you are
0: breaking my heart i breaking free okay Sarah we got some exciting news for In Case You Missed It
1: yes it's, a, it's both exciting news and also on the flip side something we're really mad about so we might start yelling um, on this In Case You Missed It we're really sorry if we do Uh, it's nothing against you guys. It's against a certain Australian news outlet, but we'll get into it. So the good news is, and I'm excited
0: for her, is that Rebel Wilson came out on our Instagram and announced her relationship with her girlfriend Ramona Agruma.
1: Yes. I think this was on like June 10th or 11th or something rebel posted a really cute picture with ramona and her caption i don't have it in front of me but it was cute it was like i thought i was looking for my disney prince but it turns out i just needed my disney princess i was like uh... i mean the cynic in me definitely rolled my eyes but then also i was really happy for her and loved it (laughs) i was just like (laughs) but i love it don't get me wrong guys but you know what i mean yeah
0: it should have been like would it have been cheesier if she was like, oh, I was really looking, thought I was looking for my, I don't know, Prince Eric and then
1: I found my Ariel. Oh, that would be even cheesier for sure. But this is like just as cheese. But I, you know what? We like a little bit of cheese here at Girl on Girl. We're not opposed to the cheese. I love feta.
0: I love, oh, I love, oh, my friend made fun of me for saying this
1: wrong. Gruyere. Gruyere? Yeah, I said Gruyere. I think it's Gruyere. G R U Y E R E question mark I think. Okay, Aquila and the B. That's right. <laughs> That's me. Um so this is great news. We're really excited for Rebel. I think everyone everyone's reaction was like woo! celebration, right? Then things shift a little bit when the world finds out what kind of led up to this um, Instagram post. So a columnist from this Australian news outlet called the Sydney Morning Herald um, or the SMH, which uh, is kind of, a, yeah, kind of an ironic acronym, um, posted an article, I believe it was, going on a rant. And the rant was that apparently the Sydney Morning Herald had reached out to Rebel and told her that in two days they were going to post an article about her relationship with Ramona Agruma so outing her and her relationship with Ramona because it hadn't been confirmed or announced anywhere previously and you know no, rebel hasn't outwardly publicly been with a woman before so they told rebel in two days we're going to post about your relationship so you have two days to comment on it otherwise we'll post it with no comment from you and so rebel went ahead and posted it on her own socials, like took it into her own hands before they could and posted about it on her socials without providing a comment to the Sydney Morning Herald. Good, don't provide a comment. No, of course not. Then the um, columnist who was going to write about this posted an article basically complaining and having a little temper tantrum that Rebel had done that. That Rebel had taken away their scoop and posted about her relationship on her own terms on her Instagram. And so obviously, you know, the internet had a field day at this. Not only did they threaten to out Rebel and her relationship, forcing her to come out maybe before she was even ready to, but that's a tough spot to be in, right? Like, what do you do? I think I would probably just, I'd rather post about it on my own terms and tell the world from my lips, instead of it being this like sketchy news article,
0: I would much rather that, but it still sucks. Like, yeah, she's like, okay, now I have no choice, but yeah, at the end of the right. day, it's better for her to kind of like speak from her own voice
1: and her own social media, and yeah, it's just. I think so too. I think so too. But then to be basically forced to do that, and then for them to have the audacity to get mad about it and say that they, that rebel, like, took away their their scoop and went, you know, like, beat them to the punch kind of thing. And there's a whole bunch more in this article that is not okay. There's a lot of stuff about how um, it's not, it wouldn't have been outing her because in 2022, you know, being queer is totally okay and therefore... It shouldn't be news that someone is in a same-sex relationship. They were going to make it news. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And then there was all this stuff that he was saying about how comparing how Rebel had previously posted a lot about her relationships with men on her account and how like, They were comparing all of this to like rebels relationships with men and how like, why should this be any different? Like, I don't know. There was a lot of, in my opinion, like biphobia happening in the article. A lot of the internet had takes on how awful this was. And it just, it kind of, it's kind of shitty how it started as this celebratory thing and then quickly spiraled into like uh, the world acknowledging that she was forced to do this.
0: Yeah, that makes me so sad. Like, and also, if they're trying to say they didn't out her because it's 2022 and everyone's okay with this, that is not no, that's still her own personal journey. Yes, like it seems like the world is going in a better direction with accepting queerness, which I'm happy it is, but that does not give anyone the right to talk about your personal relationships.
1: No, of course not.
0: Hetero couples are also allowed to keep their relationships private
1: yes and we've said this before a lot on the pod of course the world is making progress but you've said it so many times pers the world also isn't making progress and so for this man this white man to decide that the world's okay with queerness it's not true queer people are still in danger of violence prejudice hate stigmas like that's still the reality it it just is which is like part of all the work that we do on this podcast and so why is it up to this person to decide oh because it's 2022 it's not even considered outing anyone anymore like no queerness is still so sacred to 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 the individual and it's their right to decide when or if they will ever be public about that especially when it's someone like rebel who's a celebrity and so it's not just you know telling your friends and family it's telling The entire world and they all know who you are we all know rebel wilson and we love her yeah it's just a shame i'm so mad
0: but rebel we're happy for you like you seem incredibly incredibly happy and you're glowing in that post and yeah i mean you announced it on your social and like like we said maybe it wasn't in the way you'd hoped but i'm just glad you took control
1: yeah, and never let some journalist, some white dude ever tell you like ever make you feel guilty for anything. <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever. And that's Rule the T. That's the T with S and P. That's the T. And one more thing I'll say is I saw a few things people were talking about online um saying about like journalistic integrity and how this is a reminder for journalists and outlets to just check in again with how they deal with queer content. Um, and it's a, it's like an important reminder that, uh, that like journalists have like a responsibility to talk about queerness and queer people respo- responsibly. <laughs> Responsi- responsibly, responsibly responsibly, responsible. Like what
0: is up with this outlet? This art, this news
1: I think it's one of those, like, really gross tabloid. I've never heard of them, but I have a feeling it's kind of one of those. So they, you know, those outlets, they just say whatever they want. It's like journalistic integrity doesn't exist. It's barely journalism. Not with those kinds of outlets. Not at all. SMH. SMH, truly. But, yeah, you're right, Pete. Let's celebrate Rebel and her relationship. They look really happy. Yeah, they do. We love you.
0: Love you, Rebel. Come on the pod. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you, when you say it enough, it happens.
1: It really does. Say it in the shower, Paris. Next time you are taking a little bath,
0: and I'll shower. think about it in the shower.
1: I killed a massive spider in my shower this morning. I I stepped into the shower and I was about to turn on the water and I I saw it just go. That it didn't make that noise, but for some reason, that's what it sounded like to me in my head. It like crawled. It crawled up the side of the tub. I took I'll send you a picture it was like as big as like a toonie for our non-canadian listeners like that's a big pretty big coin it was maybe even bigger than a toonie Ew! I don't I like spiders and I but I killed it and I actually had this moment when I was about to kill it where I was like I am an independent woman But then I instantly was like, I wish someone was here to kill the spider because I really don't want to. But
0: I did it. Or like sometimes I don't kill spiders. Sometimes I'll take them and put them outside.
1: Yeah. Um, But I don't get scared of that. that. Maybe I wish you were here because I I wish I could have just saved, spared its life and put it outside. But it was so big that I was like, I don't even know if I want this to be in my like environment. Like if I put it outside, I'd have to drop kick it over to like the beach. I don't even want it near. It was so big. Drop kick it right to the beach. Yeah,
0: all <laughs> it wouldn't survive. You'd kill it anyway if you drop kick it. <laughs> R.I.P. Spider. R.I.P. Spider. All spidey,
1: spidey senses. Yeah, maybe that was Spider Man I and he was trying to kick me. Probably, and I and I killed him. Murder. <laughs> wow,
0: we we know how to bring it right back to the Full beginning. Full
1: circle. Full circle. Full
0: circle. Okay, Purse, I love you so much. Love you. And guys, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Do you low-key wish we released episodes on Tuesday so we could say see you next Tuesday?
1: No, I've never wished that, but I do now.